What's up, it's Chase Young. What's up, this is Terry McLaurin. This is Carson Wentz, and you're listening to Washington Football Talk Podcast. All right, remember how excited I was the eve of training camp? I'm not quite that excited, but tomorrow the pads come on. Frankly, practice could use a little pop. We could use a little freshening up. This is Washington Football Talk Podcast. On the football field, the action happens in the blink of an eye. It's like that off the field, too, when you've been injured. In a split second, your life is changed. Whether on the field or in the courtroom, when you've been injured, you need the right teammates by your side. You need Chase and Boscolo, a law firm willing to protect and fight for your rights. On the football field or in the courtroom, having the right team determines whether you win or lose. When injuries change your life, call Chase and Boscolo, trial lawyers that care. What up, everybody? I said that like a question. Well, it is a question. I, uh, I, it's more of no, a declaration, a I guess. Yeah. yeah. Understood. Washington Football Talk Podcast brought to you by Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them. Once you to do the same damn thing. Check them out online, oarsmanva.com. Biagi, Hager, Andy High, all those dudes. Go buy a car from them. Go buy a Garf. car from Garv. No question I, about I bought that. three cars from Garv. And I keep going back. If that, you only go back to things that are good. Unless you're a glutton for punishment and a D.C. sports fan. But normally, you only go back to things and spend money on things that are good. Like Curtis Samuel in the side field? Hell, let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, you cannot – stop telling me how good their weapons are if you're including Curtis on the list because I got to see it on the field. I, I'm asking this. I don't believe we've ever seen him practice three days in a row. That is correct. In over a year. It's blasphemous, but it's – pretty much true and you reading the yeah i'll read some of the quotes from ron today Hold on. before you get to the quotes explain what we've seen yeah. curtis the first two days let's go timeline here wednesday and thursday super involved making benjamin st juice fall over and all his thursday. grandparents and great grandparents the day that he had the great juke and terry um Cloran talked about flashbacks that's the ohio state t- uh curtis that i saw and Ron was talking about how, hey, that's the kind of moves. Those are the things that are going to get this offense so moving. So dynamic. Dynamic and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then Friday, we noticed maybe he wasn't as involved, but he was out there hanging out. Okay, fine. Did individual drills. Didn't do much or anything in 11-on-11s. Somebody might have seen him run one route in 11-on-11s, yeah. but basically did individuals but didn't do much in 11-on-11s. Saturday. Didn't really do anything at all. And Saturday was the, the excuse, at least, or the thought process was that they had the off day on Sunday, so they gave a lot of vets kind of the day off on Saturday. They, they dressed and came out. Uh, Charles Leno, Andrew Norwell, uh, other other vets kind of got a little bit of a light day, so the fact that Curtis wasn't involved that day. He could blend in a little. Didn't seem that big of a deal, even though it still definitely perked up some ears, eyes around, uh, around camp, the fact that he, w- again, wasn't in 11 on 11 drills. And then Monday, well, after day the off, off day. Sunday. After the off day, after being limited for two days in a row, not doing jack squat. And not doing jack squat, meaning? Not even individuals. Did stretching with the team. All the players break stretch with the music playing and everyone's excited, running to their individual uh, position groups. We're all rested up and recuperated, ready for football. And, and there was some palpable, I would say, uh, excitement as 
they were getting back to practice, guys were, were hooting and hollering a little bit. And there went Curtis Samuel with the slow jog to the side field where all the rest of the injured players. I mean, it's him, Chase Young, and Logan Thomas, to give you an idea who's over there. And uh, Tyler Larson and Cornelius Lucas and uh, John Bates, uh, Dewan Neal, and Trapke. your guy, at Travis Sapke. Travis Apke. Travis Apke. <laughs> Troy Apke over there on the side field. Travis Apke. You said Trapke. So <laughs> Curtis. Travis Scott. All know. right, so there's your timeline. There's and the sad timeline. If you want to – with Gibson – I, I told everyone that I wasn't concerned. I've seen him gut it out in games. It's super early. Now, granted, it's a little weird that he something happened in May that impacted him in July, but he's ramping up. He's doing what you want, what you expect. Samuel is different to me. Ramping down. I don't think you can include him in the plan. Don't call into the radio and be like, I love their weapons, and include Curtis Samuel in the sentence. He doesn't I'm count. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now read Ron's comment. Well, real quick, when we started talking about all of this with Curtis, we talked on the pod about how it'll be great to see him go through training camp, but until you see him in a game on on September 11th playing, and then again on September 18th, and then again on September 25th, 26th, I think at that point, like until you start, until we see him in games, can't count on too much. I will actually just drop in Ron's quotes so you can hear it from him and make your own judgments on his tone and what he's saying. Uh, Ron, we saw Curtis doing Samuel yep. doing side field stuff. Where, where, what's his status? What's, what's going on with Curtis? Well, the real good thing with it is more so anything else is this is all about the plan. You know, we, we came out the first couple of days, got a chance to really look at him. I know he and, he and Al talked a little bit, and there was some concern as far as just his overall football conditioning and shape. You know, you can, you can train all you want. You can condition all you want. But coming back and, and doing some of the things that we want him to do, we got to be smart with it. Al and, uh, and his guys have, 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 have a plan. Um, and so with Curtis, we're going to stick to the plan. Was that expected with Curtis that there would be? I think more so than anything else, it was about seeing where he was when we got him back those first couple of days. And just listening to him and in all honesty, him talking about you know, his hamstrings and lower back being sore and tight. One of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to make sure that we brought him back the right way. So they've put a plan together. They've, they've sat down. They went over it with Curtis yesterday, uh, and they're implementing it now. And what will happen is you'll see there'll be ramp-ups, and then they'll, they'll slow it back down. There'll be ramp-ups. There'll be times when he's interacting, getting you know, some of the 11-on-11 work, stuff like that. But it's all part of the plan you know, with the ultimate goal is really the regular season more than it is anything else. This has nothing to do with last year's groin injury or anything like that. This is just about the plan for him specifically. Doing 25 alarm scale here? Sure. Yeah, it's firing. It's firing on – Many alarms. I mean, like, but like JP said, I don't know if my alarm scale is going to fire anymore because it, he's just not on the roster for me. He doesn't really exist. He's just a bonus he's if a, you can ever get him. He's a bonus. He's the receivers on this team are McLaurin and Dotson. Samuel is a treat that hopefully you can find. I don't know how many games he's going to play. I don't know how many catches he's going to have. I'd like to think it's more than five games and six catches, but we're 14, 15 months past the original onset of this injury the, f the first time we were aware that there was a groin issue and we are still in the same place of a guy who can't string together three days of work in Ashburn in shirts and shorts I, I mean, he's the type of player that is impossible to win with in the NFL a guy that you don't know whether he's going to be available or not 
you bring in somebody who on paper has a ton of talent and can do a lot of different things, and you start to have an offensive coordinator planning around you know, creating a, a scheme and a plan with, with those options being there. And when you can't even stay on the field for, for practice, how can you how, – how deep can you script Curtis Samuel in a game situation? And at that point, then it, it's just it, – it makes this whole situation super tough for everyone on offense to deal with. And, and that goes – you know, you think about kind of the machinations as it starts going down towards the back end of the roster because you have Jahan Dotson. Is he an outside receiver? Is he a slot receiver? You know, you kind of have guys who, who have that quote-unquote position flex or whatever, but – you need another guy, big guy who can line up on the outside and 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 play that, play that opposite outside receiver to Terry. And you know you hope that's Curtis Samuel, but yeah, certainly can't rely on it. And it makes Deami Brown more important. He's been Cam up and Sims. down. It makes Cam Sims important, but we've always talked how he's a great fourth receiver. Don't want him doing much more than that. And Dax Milne is looks like he's just going to be the eight yard underneath emergency valve. I mean, Curtis makes is like Jordan Reed makes Jordan Reed look like Cal Ripken, like so durable. It makes Chris Thompson look like Brett Favre. Um, Alex Erickson is going to get a bunch of run. I think Alex Erickson is the last wide out, by the way. I, I, mean, I, I think, think he's ahead of Dax. That's the Carolina slot receiver that you didn't think would be. Well, they, they need a return. He's the return. only real yeah, return. Some kick yeah. returns. I think your receivers, returns. depending on what happens with Curtis, but Terry, Dotson, Curtis, Cam, Diami, Erickson. That's six? Yeah. That's your group to me. Yeah, I, I almost wonder if you have to keep seven. If if there's not a – Who do you have to keep? I'm saying if you need to have seven wide receivers. I, need I to get, but like who – I'm not saying there's a must-keep guy there that, that gets you to seven. But if Curtis is going to continually be this on-again, off-again guy and, you know, at the end of the season last year he didn't play a lot but also didn't go on IR, like if that sort of type of thing happens again this year – then you're really only going with five receivers, and you're yeah. you're getting pretty thin there at that point. Yeah, I mean, we're already at the point where now we're looking at Curtis Samuel contract and looking at potential outs, and it's just year one was wiped out. Thought year two, how could it ever go worse? And we are trending towards worse or at least as equally frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I mean. it's I, It's more frustrating because last year – we at least knew there was an injury. There was a reason that he wasn't playing early, and it, it was a, you know, whatever it was. This year, by all accounts, we were told he was coming into camp ready to go and not to worry about OTAs and minicamps. It was just an abundance of caution, and there's a plan and all these different things. And now two, two consecutive days, taking, you know, not, not practicing full, having an off day and then coming back and still not practicing. I mean, you know. This is <laughs> this is something, boys. It is. I uh, don't mind me. I'm looking up the time zones in Kansas. I'm trying to figure out what time this. What time is this Chiefs game local? Two or three? Wow, I believe three. <laughs> Didn't expect the start of the Chiefs preseason game to be topic number two. Prairie Dunes. All right. Um, more bad news, I think. I am a believer in the back of the baseball card. Carson Wentz in his career is a two and a half to one TD INT guy. Last year he went for twenty-seven and seven. 
I'm hardly a math guy, but that's about four to one. But damn, the offense looked bad. I, Pete, thank you. You were a hero today. You let me borrow your computer charger while I was out in the parking lot. And uh, I came and I tried to meet you halfway. You walked further, so I appreciate it. I got the message late. but And I got Mitchell Water on the way back. Hero. And I brought Dunkin' Donuts last week. So You did. You did. The hero we need. <laughs> um, I, I said, does it still look bad? And you're like, this is you, – I wrote it down because you said I could quote you. The worst offensive performance at a practice I've ever seen. It was, wow. Yeah. I mean, I certainly haven't been out as much as you. Uh, no. I, but, dude, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. it got a tad better after I departed from my meeting, JP, because they went into red zone, and this offense seems to do better when they only need to get five yards and score. They can throw it to Cole Turner. They can do something quick with Terry, whatever. But the beginning and middle stretches of 11-on-11 11 11 and 9-on-9, nine nine, when the offense is supposed to be at an advantage in 9-on-9, nine nine, Wentz got picked three times, Hal once, Heineke once. Well, when they weren't getting picked, the balls were being dropped. People were getting sacked. It, they couldn't do anything. The opening 11-on-11 11 11 series for Carson, and series is in first, second, third, fourth down. It's just series of yeah. plays. Ended with two consecutive picks. Both probably – both were pick sixes. Yeah. I mean, clean interceptions, jumping in front of a receiver. It was – I mean, even in the – in the warm-up stuff, where it's just them and the receivers doing the stuff they work on every day, them and the running backs, he was spraying it, and then the times he would hit it, I mean, Gibson had three drops in the in the stuff that you do at, like, 9.04 when practice starts at 9. I saw Dotson drop one. You see Cam Sims is having to jump it was as high as he can, and he is Gibson, so tall. Correct? Yeah, Gibson was really <laughs> not great. Uh, Sims was having to sky for it, not able to come down, and these are on eight-yard in routes that are just, like, day one – type of thing. So cool. they really have a lot to bounce back from. It's in individual drills. There's no defense. There's no defense that he can like, you know, we post these clips of them throwing, throwing the ball or whatever. It, today was, today was worse than, than other days have been. And when they got into the, the group session, it, it was the 11 on 11 and nine on nine, like Pete said, it was worse. And, and I was saying to Pete on the sideline last year when Ryan Fitzpatrick was here in, in camp. Mm -hmm. It was similar in that the, the defense was getting their hands on a lot of balls, and you know the early in camp defense is ahead of offense. That all that all those, all those things, and we kept kind of, kind of you know, we minimize it. it, dismissing it, and minimizing it because oh, it's a top five defense. So you know when Fitzpatrick gets to play the you know, yeah. the Eagles, it'll be easier. You know the Giants, it'll be easier because those guys don't have the four first rounders of the front. The, mm -hmm. You know all this talent and whatnot. Well, they weren't a top-five defense last year, and we saw what the offense looked like. <laughs> and we that and defense is back for the most part the same this year. defense is back, and it is dominating, and, and I mean, with a capital D. And that's across the, across the board. It's the secondary is getting their hands on picks. The, the front four are having to pull up constantly because they're, they would be getting pressure and knocking down passes. You know, you can, you can hear the coaches, you know, telling them to play smart and defer to the receivers so that they're not – having incidental contact like they had in, in OTA mini camps and stuff like that. And all of that, th all those things being said, there's still, the offense still isn't able to, to execute these plays and, and get the ball moving downfield. Yeah. It's, you don't want to get too moved and I don't think I'm too moved. This certainly isn't like bench wins. This certainly isn't like, Oh my God, it's going to go 15 I, touchdowns, much, 14 picks, I'm but much it's more discouraging. Discouraged by the Samuel stuff than I am by the terrible practice. Yeah, it, 
I, I want to see this tomorrow. this is the second. Definitely totally. want to see tomorrow. Pads come on tomorrow. I think that'll impact the D line a little bit. I, like, and it, all this stuff rolls from there, right? Like, when there's just constant pressure, what do we know about Carson? Not that much, but when he feels pressured, his footwork sucks. When his footwork sucks, he sails the ball. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think it's possible this goes a little bit the other way. And, and I talked with a coach over the weekend, just kind of BSing, but they were like, listen, man, training camp's so ridiculous because you guys are there for every play. You're living and dying with every play. Fans are living and dying with every play. In a regular drive, if we have two no gains and then hit a 25-yard pass, it's a first down and everybody's cheering. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like we're, we're taking everything in an, in like this – envelope right like every one play becomes its own universe but the reality is it's going to be a series of them you know what I mean I don't know I'm just I'm gonna believe in the numbers for a little while with Carson and not get caught up in it looking rough because it looked rough for Heineke too I think curious about how I think he's gonna be a preseason all-star I think the zip on the arm is a lot more real than maybe we were all expecting I think if he was two inches taller he never falls out of the first round. Um, Samuel, I'm legit discouraged. Wentz, I'm trying to just stay the course. Trying to stay the course and also because, like, this is the book on Carson. There's going to be really gross sequences. There's going to be great ones. The issue is we haven't seen as many great ones. It's a lot easier to recall his interceptions, his sacks, his poor throws versus, oh, but then he came back and hit this bomb to Terry. He found Jahan here. So – yeah, it, it's largely we expected inconsistencies from once, but so far he hasn't been canceling those out with superb, uh, you know, recoveries and uh, big time gains. He did in the red zone ha- fire a bullet to uh, Cole Turner, who again flashed stud. I mean, he's a big man, and his ability to get up over top of these DBs is impressive. I mean, Carson threw a high ball to him that was probably close to goal uh, goalpost height and he was you know shoulders like mid chest above the closest db and there was no question as long as he was going to come down with the ball he was the only one that was going to make that play it was him or nobody and he made it and it was a great catch and you know those are those kinds of throws are are, are a little bit are a little bit wow but then earlier um in the 11 on 11s uh or in the 9 on 9 he had no pressure in his face at all, and the ball, I would say, slipped out of his hand, basically, but mm-hmm. it looked a lot like the left-handed pass from the end zone. You remember who that was against? Titans, I think. Yeah, with the Colts last year. Yeah. I mean, it was just another – it was like a really – it was a really bad one. left-handed pick against the Raiders, the, too. Yeah. But, I mean, and, and you guys talk about, hey, this is like kind of who we know Carson to be, and, and that's true, but there's legit excitement – amongst this fan base and, and some reporters and, and folks around the NFL that this is a research, that this could be a resurgence for him. I mean, how many, we've heard that like, you know, oh, the Colts didn't really believe in it, you know, whatever, like whatever stories there have been about things went south in Philly and whatever happened in, in Indy and like, oh, he's finally, you know, Ron's got his back. Ron's all in on him. Yeah, we you want know, you. We want yeah, you. Yeah. He's confident and he's going to be, he's going to be ready to go. And so, a little bit, like, yeah, this is what we kind of expected. There was going to be some ups and downs, but I, maybe I expected a few more ups or, or, or want to see a few more ups because the downs are, are, are far outweighing the ups. I mean, 
there was a play, I think, did, were you talking about it, um, where Terry had Jamin Davis on him? Yeah. And uh, beeline for the corner of the uh, – what would have been the corner of the end zone. Obviously, Terry beat Jamin and and Wentz dumped it down to – The other McKissick side. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a running back or whatever. And Terry from the back of the end zone, you know, was demonstrative like, hey, like, Hello. I'm a, you know, he, he's not saying this. Hello. In yeah. my mind, it's, hey, I'm a top 10 receiver in the effing NFL, and they're trying to cover me with a linebacker. Whatever the play call is, yeah. the ball needs to come to me when it's a linebacker <laughs> that's on exactly me. exactly right. You know, and, and that's, to me, Wentz is a veteran quarterback. He gets up to the line of scrimmage. He gets a chance to read the defense and see where they're lined up. If you see 17 lined up on a guy whose number is in the 50s, Although I guess now that number could be anything, but if you see seventeen lined up with a, I, I with a guy saying, who weighs yeah. two fifty plus, the ball has to go to seventeen. Like it has to. Yeah, yeah. Just for someone of his veteran stature, there, the the floor is still so low. Like Heineke, we know he's he's risky. He doesn't have a strong arm, so he's capable of just coming up with these disastrous uh, plays. With Wentz, you'd like that to his disaster to be all right. Just throw it away. But there still is so much of the hero ball. Regardless. Um, Tuesday, I think, is important for them. You want them to bounce back. You don't want the offense to just start hanging their head and feeling like this is our lot in life. We're just going to keep getting incompletions and getting our asses kicked. So um, it, it's definitely going to be one, a little bit of a pride check. Uh, as much pressure as you can have on an August 2nd practice for Carson, I think he'll be feeling it. And, and JP said it. When the pads come on, the offensive D-line, offensive O-line and D-line will be much more even in terms of ability to to do their jobs well and I expect Carson to have a, a better pocket and hopefully a better pocket means his feet can be better he can be more on time and be more accurate just go fast dude please and maybe that's why the red zone's working with them more because it's just yeah snap go you can't there's not so much room to maneuver people just go to their spots and you have to choose which is good for a team that sucked in the red zone last year can't hurt anyway yeah. um those are the two most pressing things Gibson working his way back yeah. Good news there. Um, I don't know. Do you guys want to get to one thing? We have Jordan Giorgio got to sit down with William Jackson the third. Have an interview coming for you when we get done. Yeah. Um, Prepared for one thing. Okay. Um, I said I'm prepared, then I'm going to immediately yeah. dish off to Mitch right. for him to go. Um, my one thing is uh, with Derek Forrest. Oh, you bastard. Is that what you wanted to do? Well, I talked to him after. Bless you, bless oh. you. I didn't, Go ahead. I didn't even know you No, it's fine. Him. I want to hear what you said, and then maybe I can add to it. I, I think he's looked really good in camp, and I think that he's angling towards being that, you know, third safety and nickel, if you want to call it the Buffalo at times, depending on how they kind of break everything up, break everything down on the, on the back end. But he's been really consistent, I would say, through essentially a week of practice. And consistent in that, when he's when he's playing the free or he's playing kind of the back end of the of the defense, guys aren't getting beyond him. He's running. He's you know creating the the, the leverage he needs to, to to cover Terry when he runs or Jahan when he runs those deep balls, but also he's attacking on those some of those short dump off passes and particularly there was a screen out to um, uh, eighty six, your guy, Erickson. Erickson, thank you. Um, on the right, and and he and and he was playing, you know, twelve yard, ten, twelve yards off the line of scrimmage, and would have blown it up for a two yard for a two yard gain. I just kind of I like the 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 both being responsible on the back end 
as a safety, but also, you know, reading, diagnosing, and recognizing a play and being able to step up and, and, and make a tackle close to the line of scrimmage. My one thing isn't, like, player-specific, but it's kind of to your point earlier where last year when the offense looked sluggish, we were, like, telling ourselves, well, this defense is so good. You know, that's why. This year, I'm not sure we know what to think because this secondary got torched last year. They kind of got it together for, like, middle of the season, but they got torched early on for sure. You lose Landon Collins, which hurt you on the back end, but he helped you at the line of scrimmage. Um, you drafted some people. I like Butler. Mitch is talking about Forrest there. But I don't – can you definitively say that this defense is really good and that's why the offense looks so bad? Oh, hell no. Absolutely not. Right. So, but that's what we were saying last year. Also, still no Chase Young on this defense. And I don't think will be for some time. Halloween, right? Halloween vibes. But where I'm going with this is – it would sure be nice if they had some joint practices like almost everybody else in the mm. league is starting to do and not a preseason game where you're largely going to play third and fourth stringers practice where you you and the coaching staff get to control it. You get to blow the whistles. You get to stop anything before there's any major collisions. It'd be really nice. And it's just tough to realize how, for whatever reason it went bad with Buffalo is a McKissick thing or not. I, I, I can't comprehend why we're flying all the way to Kansas and not practicing for three days when the two coaches have a really good relationship. Like, they could really use some joint practice time. And that's watching that today. I don't know, man. That might be the most astute one thing since campus started because I think that is extremely important just to get a, a gauge on where you stand against another against somebody else. I totally – I think that's a, that's a great point. And I talked with somebody about this over the weekend. Why aren't they just doing joint practices with the Ravens every year? Like when this team was good and they went to Carlisle and it was Gibbs every year. And this was in the 80s and 90s before everybody was doing this. Gibbs had three days of practices against the Steelers and they would end with a scrimmage. Forty years ago. Logistics? I mean, what are we doing? The Ravens are up the road. You could come up back every night if you want. And there's some thought, and I've heard this around the league, that like the Ravens take their preseason win streak pretty seriously, right? And maybe they practice harder than others. But they, they also win. They win. Oh, you practice too hard. Like, they're in the playoff hunt. Every year, they're a really well-run I mean, team. I mean, I don't think Pete. Were you around when the when the Patriots? No, came but I've down? heard I've heard stories about like it. different operations. It was it was it was it was. And this night. isn't the same operation as then. But no, no. The, but it was night and day different, and you saw the effect that it had on play. On it wasn't that the coaches once the Patriots left. It's not that the coaches changed their the way that they were running practices. Back, you saw the players coming out early and organizing and starting to do some of the things that, you know. Just seeing the other, just seeing another another franchise, particularly obviously the Patriots are who they were and, and Tom Brady and, and and all that. But at the same time, just seeing how other uh, other teams and other groups run it, and then get a feel for where you are, get a feel for where you stand. So you're not going into week one kind of cold, not knowing, you know, is the D line really good? Is the secondary coming together? You know, you get it. You can you can get a real feel for it in those joint practices. 
Joint practices. Coaches get to control it. Maybe next year. <laughs> uh, my one thing will be more on Cole Turner. This specific route that I think he's now run twice for touchdowns. It's like your classic tight end. You're expecting him to just run and then turn right around. He does a little fake turnaround and then breaks towards under the pylon. Call it a stick nod, a stop and go, out and up, sort of whatever you want to label it. Um, and he had one again today, and Heineke made it sure after completing the pass to come over and say, hey, hey, man, that was a great route. And it's just a good weapon for him. You know, He's so tall. He's so big. He's You expect him to just be the box-out guy. But for him to be able to feign like he's boxing out and then whip around, it's just a, it gives you two options every time you have him in the in that scoring area. So I like what I'm seeing and with Logan and John Bates. John Bates hasn't practiced in like three days now. He's really stepping up and showing that he's uh he's earning the trust of the quarterbacks down there. And to, to, to I think a viable fantasy player. Yeah. yeah definitely. And to piggyback on that, I think there's some there's I think across the board in the tight end room there's excitement and that's the younger kids too. That's the, been the best the coached Curtis. position in the Rivera era is tight ends and O-line. Curtis, Curtis uh, fairly Hodges. wide margin. Yeah. Curtis Hodges and Armani Rogers of two other uh, Hodges has popped kids. a couple days in a row. And Armani Rogers has two. I, I'm Hodges is to, huge. I'm beginning to Hodges makes Turner look small. Yeah. I'm beginning to, to feel like it's like when Inseki would make Trent look small. That Samus Reyes being a, I agree. a, a roster, having a, a guaranteed roster spot after basically you know being last a year there was last year last year there was all this intrigue about right. him. I'm not sure that intrigue remains, and I think. If I had to guess, I think you can get him to your practice squad. And Last year, they didn't want to have to release him because they thought he might get snatched up. Yeah, and part of that intrigue was all of the athleticism that he has and, and size and height. They got four tight ends in camp right now who are all are taller. All taller. Played and, 20 years more football. And know how to play football. At yeah. least equally as athletic, if not Catch the ball. potentially more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Samus I, I, will have to be special teams. That's where he separates himself. Yeah. And if that's might not enough, a, might then, be a practice squatter. Yeah, he's practical, which I'm fine with. Despite a great story. Yeah. But, like, I don't know anything about Curtis Hodges. He no. might have a good story. Absolutely. He's just he not could. from Chile. Right. He didn't. Maybe he drove DoorDash. I haven't asked him yet. Yeah, ask him. I All mean, right. probably a good chance he did something. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got to do something, Pete. Absolutely. Um, I well wanted to bring said. up this Richmond thing. I don't know if you guys saw it. I did. Yeah, the, the rally or the uh, yeah, bowling the party alley rally. Cool. We've partied at that bowling. We've partied alley. at it's that a bowling fun spot. Alley. Yeah. Um, I think we celebrated my birthday there one year. Well, it was Wiley threw a party there. Yeah, that's what it was. Like a media yeah. party. Um, and John, I think you walked in and we sang Happy Birthday. To yeah, you, you guys. That does sound. You guys right. sang yeah. at the top of your lungs. Yeah. Or some folks did. One reporter might have barfed on another reporter. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that, that up. But camp highway. And, and, and it wasn't neither, like alcohol related. It was like a it was coughing. Just like laughing and then coughing and then spewing and then not apologizing. And neither the barfer or barfy are on this podcast for the Correct. record. Right, Correct. exactly. Um, John, Allen, John Allen, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Carson Wentz, Ron Rivera, Wash, select Washington legends and members of the command force will be in Richmond. Uh, one to five at Roll and Bowl. What's it called? River City Roll. Uh, it's the right players. The, uh, it's Vegas. right by the old facility. Yeah, it's Boulevard right Burgers. The Vegas Boulevard Burgers. August twenty sixth. One thirty to three thirty is when the players and coach will be there. Is my guess. A um, couple things. I think this is cool. I think it's smart. I think the folks in Richmond are probably bummed that camp's not down there. Um, a lot of folks have tweeted me and asked if we're going to be down there. Like we're not invited to this thing. So. That, that could change, but I, I don't think we'll be there. 
Um, also, I'm pretty damn sure select Washington legends will include Brian Mitchell, which means I need to be in studio doing the radio that day. Hmm. Um, but I, I think unless, it's a, unless we do it live from Vail Brewery. I, I, you talk to powers and B. They want us to go to Richmond for a night or two. I, I love Richmond, but I love Richmond. I, I don't think it'll happen. Um, but I think it's a real good opportunity for fans to meet some players that didn't, you know, normally we get to go to camp. Um, Attendance today I thought was fun. There were a lot of kids. I think it was the Play 60 day. I see everybody coming to and from their cars now, so I have yeah. a really good idea on who's there. Um, they had a school bus that got all these kids on. It was pretty funny. Um, I, I'm enjoying getting to talk to a ton of fans as they go to their cars, some of the guys you guys talk to. Um, but, like, there's, like, this gang of kids with, like, I don't know if it's, like, camp. I don't know if these are counselors or teachers or parents or what, but there's, like, 30 kids and, like, four adults, something like that, right? Like, a completely reasonable kid-to-adult ratio. But I'm yapping away on the radio, and I just hear behind me, stop wrestling, and I told you not to wrestle in the street. <laughs> I look over, it's just these two boys, like, wailing on each other, which is pretty funny. I thought you were going to say it was Pete and Paris. No. <laughs> you fought Paris? No. I don't, I don't fight. That's messed up, man. Um, I did sign autographs, though. Yeah, right? shout out to our guys, John and Chris from – Josh uh, and Chris. Josh. I mean, he wrote it down and then said it wrong. And he also asked them both I like four times. I definitely wrote it down as John. So yeah. Josh and Chris, I'm terrible with names. Josh and Chris and then their kid kicks. kicks. Like the cereal, I think. Um, Pennsylvania. From, yeah, northern Pennsylvania. Hold on, they had a kid with them? No, no, no. He, they got us to sign. The hat that we signed was for his kid kicks. Oh, um, they okay. had the footballs that were signed by all the players, and then and separately, two, two stupid separately asked hosts. for three stupid. All three oh, of good. Us to he got it on the the football, yeah. and then the, the I signed hat the hat. Well. Yeah, yeah, the hat was for kicks. Okay, so. I thought you meant like when you saw them, they had a child with them, because when I saw them, there was no child, <laughs> and maybe they were wrestling no. in the street or whatever, no. or maybe they just put them with the rest of the camp kids, and yeah. were like, "Hey, free honey, sorry. right? Um, good dudes, uh, and uh, you know, one of the things, just kind of like you said, talking to these guys as they're and, and, and girls who are, who are watching practice and whatnot. The intimacy, like, you can talk about the number of folks that are here, and, and, it, and it is what it is, whatever the numbers are. But what's great about it is that because there are so few people there, the players sign a 1,000 autographs. They'll go and walk down the entire line and sign everybody's stuff because they know there's an end in sight. Whereas when we were in Richmond and there are a few thousand, they would go to kind of one area sign autographs for a while, but it's impossible to get to everybody. Yeah. Here, just about everybody can get to everybody, and every person that you see walking out with a hat, a jersey, a football, whatever, they have 20, 30, 40 signatures on there. I was going through with, with, with Josh, some of his, you know, and you're going down the list of players, and it's it's everyone that you would want, you know, signing. And I think it's it's – the positive side of the fewer number of folks at camp is that. The fact that you get more one-on-one time with the players, you get more of an opportunity to get autographs, you can take pictures, you can ask them questions, all those, all those things. So I, it's, a, it's a cool experience. If you have a ticket, if you, if you win the lottery and you have an opportunity to come, and I think they expanded the lottery for some of the season ticket holders, if you, have a, if you, have, if you win the lottery ticket, come on out. It's a cool experience. I think um, more folks – I think they've opened it up a bit. I think more folks are able to come. Um, I could be incorrect, but I, Ted was telling me that if you're a season ticket holder, you can apply more 
and ideally they're letting more folks outside of I mean, the day that Nikki had that picture that went viral right. was embarrassing. It's and Thursday. The, the day before that was lighter than I, maybe that. Yeah, that's correct. Wednesday, the opening. It's been day, better. It's been I, better. I think they. I don't know if you guys noticed. They also had like the real security company there today. Is it CSC or whatever? Yep. Um, like the fact that they're bringing those people in leads me to believe that they think more people are going to be coming. Like, because they have to pay to bring those guys in. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think. B. Hall and his wife were, were in town from from Wilmington. I don't know if they stopped by and said hi. Uh, I didn't see him. Hmm. Um, but I I don't I don't have a a ton more on the fan situation. Yeah, I, I the only thing that. Seems like it's if you're not a season ticket holder and you want to come, it seems like it's tough sled. I think August sixth is the only day if you're a non-season ticket holder. That's the FedEx uh, practice, and I believe there are still tickets, free tickets to be claimed and available. So, I, and that's a day that when when the when the team does the practice at FedEx, they're going to do all the stuff that that you want to see. They're going to throw goal line fades. They're going to you know they're going to do they're going to run nine nine patterns. They're going to you know do the the fun stuff to get the fans engaged. I believe we're going to hear the fight song for the first time there, if I'm not mistaken. No, the voting closes the six. The voting closes. Hear it. Gotcha. Preseason the Panthers game. game. The Panthers game. I, I think they're going to they're going to put on as good a show as they can on that for that. Will August you 6th. be singing both versions of the fight song at the stadium just to give fans one last chance to hear yeah, it before they have to? Okay, cool. We can stand out front and, and have a left hand, right hand version Leaders one, version two. Leaders on a mission. <laughs> fight. <laughs> for old DC, um, let's Robin go. To, let's go to the interview. Read my jugs machine story tomorrow. Here's Jordan, Georgia, and William Jackson. You sound like you're asleep. Yeah, did you fall asleep? Try it there? again. Try it again. Hey guys, <laughs> Pete Haley here. Read my jugs machine story tomorrow on NBCSportsWashington.com. It's great stuff, and you'll especially like Tressway's quotes on the jugs machine. Here's Jordan and William. Better, but I, maybe the sleepy version was better. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to do it a third time, so. Fair. Third time's a charm. No. One Goodbye. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm here with William Jackson III, and we have a special guest. You have to tell me who this is. Oh, this is Winter Rose Jackson. <laughs> Winter Rose Jackson? Rose. Butte Rose Jackson. Hi, look, she's smiling for the camera. <laughs> no. She knows it's her moment, that's for sure. So where did you, I want to know where you spent majority of your off season. Right? And it was in Houston? Yeah, majority of it was in Houston. Okay, um, and then this little one was born in January. Yeah. You have another one right over there, so mm -hmm. father of two. What has that been like in managing, uh, you know, NFL life and training camp now? Uh, it's been a blessing, actually. Uh, I never had no one to come to the training camp, which I always wanted my daughter to come and put the helmet on to do all the good stuff that the dads do yeah. before me. So yeah. it's the first one. Oh. Yeah. You're so, a girl dad now. Mm -hmm. You have some fellow girl dads on this uh -huh. team. You have Charles Leno. You also have Percy Butler. I talked to them a few days ago. Uh, What's the best part about being a girl dad? Uh, just waking up and seeing the smile in the morning. 
Yeah. Yeah, she'd just be happy to she, wake up and see you and just bust out laughing. That's the greatest feeling. Are you excited to have her in the stands on oh, game course, day? Oh, of course. It's going to be crazy. She has all her commander's gear, right? Already. She's okay. going to be made up and all that. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I want to talk to when you first got to Washington, you had five horses, uh -huh. correct? You had mm -hmm. Annabelle the pig. Mm -hmm. They're back in Houston, mm -hmm. correct? Has there been any new additions to the farm since then? Uh, we ended up getting another one, a stallion. Okay. Uh, he, he's beautiful. He's a buckskin. And we just love doing it. I mean, that's my hobby. When I'm not playing football, I'm kind of doing that. So I enjoy it. Has Winter met Oh, the yeah. Horses? We got pictures of her on oh, the horses, touching them. She just loves them like we do. She's not scared of anything. Yeah. Do you think she's going to be an equestrian rider one day? We're going to see. Okay. That's, that's the plan. That's the plan. We okay. see which way she go. <laughs> okay. So you told us last week that this year's training camp feels night and day different oh, from yeah. last year. You're uh -huh. feeling more comfortable. Mm -hmm. You're having fun with mm -hmm. it. And you're getting your swagger back. Mm -hmm. Tell me, as the media, as fans, what should we be looking for to know that number three is back? Oh, we making plays. I mean, we having fun. Uh, we having tight coverage. And we're going back to the old me, you know, before I got here. We're going back to him. So I'm just excited to have this OTAs. You know, we never had OTAs. Now we got training camp. I'm just excited. to. I just trust the process. I love the process, and it's paying off for me. You also said that yellow is your color, and it's also an indicator that you have your <laughs> swag back. Right. Would you consider yourself the swaggiest guy on this team? Like, break down the tier of swagger on the Washington Commanders for me. Oh. You could call some people out. It's okay. Let me see. I, I know. I know my swag be on ten. You okay. know. Uh, Oh, who else got? I got to think about that one. I gotta you got to think about, think about it. Do you yeah. know who would maybe be the bottom tier? Oh, Bobby, Bobby McCain. Bobby, Bobby McCain, McCain is he, bottom he tier. No, he's not bottom tier. Oh, he's tier. top tier. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I like him. He okay. came from Miami, so he know how to yeah. how to do it. Yeah. Okay, all right. How's Carson Wentz's swag? He's doing good, he's man. He's, he's got a, it, He's yeah. a team guy. I mean, we talk in the training room all the time. He's a good guy, man. I'm really excited to have him. Okay. It was also a great day out here at camp oh, yeah. for the defense. Yeah. We saw that after what was three picks and four plays. You guys were feeling yourself. How do you ensure that that is replicated on game day? Oh, we just got to go in there with the right mindset. As long as we have the right mindset and we out here to dominate, you got to have that dominate mentality. As long as we keep what we have been doing this whole training camp, oh, we're going to be like top five defense. Your first pick in Washington came uh -huh. in last season's opener against the Chargers and uh -huh. Justin Herbert. Are you already studying Trevor Lawrence? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm deep into it because your worst critic is yourself. I mean, I started out good. It kind of got cold. So I, I want to keep that going and just have fun with it and make plays. What would be your message to him to mentally prepare for what's coming? To who? Trevor Lawrence. He just, oh, he, he just got to keep his preparation going because yeah. we're keeping ours going. Because you, know? you told us, you told us that an indicator of your swag <laughs> being back is the trash talk starts, right? That's on the what field. I'm looking for. On, on the, the field. field. Okay. Yeah, on the field. Not before. You can't, you can't give him a little taste Yeah, yet, yeah right? I can't do it. Right? <laughs> you just got to hit on the field. For you personally, it's taken a bit longer to feel 100% comfortable. But as a unit from the outside looking in, something that's so noticeable is the communication from this year to last year. Tell me about that. Uh, we just we just put emphasis on it. I mean, everybody should talk every play. So every play we talk and we communicate, and that's just going to help the whole defense. And we, we got to speak with volume so let everybody know that you know exactly what you're doing. 
And when you're speaking, that speaks volume. And you're you're spending more time with each other, I'm assuming, oh, right? Off the field. Off the field. We do. Where's bowling. the go-to place? We do bowling. We do um, top golf. We do a lot okay. of things outside awesome. that we that that help us on the field. Okay, and also winter, meeting the horses. Who is her Who is her go-to horse? Who is her favorite? Uh, she looks like I she think she like Ben more. Ben? What'd you say? Baby girl, baby, baby girl. girl. Okay, yeah. I need a picture of her and baby girl. Yeah, we do, we do, we do. Got a picture. <laughs> Thanks of so her. much, Will. We appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you, Winter. <laughs> She's like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> talking. So cute. Thank you talking. so much. Thank you. We appreciate what you talk about. Leaders on a mission. Fight for old DC. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.